Welcome to the Digital How To, a series of interviews with digital marketing experts on how business owners and marketers can discover ways to improve their interaction with consumers online. I'm your host, John Simpson, and in this episode, we're focusing on how to improve your engagement on social media. You may notice in the podcast that we mention answering questions that we receive from the audience. If you want to participate in our live recordings and have your questions answered by our guests, visit 2060digital.com slash DC and sign up for free to join in our live discussions. That's 2060digital.com slash DC. Today, I'm joined by Jana Wilcox, Senior Digital Sales Strategist at 2060 Digital and a leading expert in social media marketing. Hi, Jana. Hey, John. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So my role at 2060 is really fun. Um, Essentially, what I do is I oversee digital strategy across all of our markets. So I travel uh, to our markets. I work with sales teams and individuals on selling our digital services. So my background is in social media. That's my bread and butter. I spent the last three years in our Twin Cities market as a social media strategist. So moving into this role, it's more sales, but I have taken a lot of my experience there and um, have, have become very well-versed in all of our digital buckets and help selling them to uh, local businesses throughout the country. And obviously, you're a digital expert in everything. It's not just social media. Um, luckily, today, we're having you join us to talk about specifically social media um, and how to improve our engagement. But it would be great to hear a little bit more about how you got started within the market itself, um, and not just in social media, but digital marketing as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like I said, social media is my bread and butter, but I'm very well versed in all of digital. So there's a lot to digital to be had, and it's changed throughout the years, as you and I both know. But I initially went to college for advertising, and I was involved in many programs there, whether that be uh, digital strategy classes or um, social media internships and things like that. So one thing led to another, and I just really had a passion for it all along and moved into my first role after college doing social media for the Mall of America on their corporate team, and then eventually moved over to Hubbard and 2060 Digital. So um, from there, being a strategist and learning everything there is to know about the execution side of things has really brought me um, to, to know a lot about the technical side, but I've always really had a passion for selling. So as a, a social media strategist, I was involved in a lot of meetings with the client face-to-face, and then it just moved into that role. So um, with social media, too, you, you have to learn more than just Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You have to still be able to understand how to read Google Analytics, for example, on a client's page. So, hey, we're doing this campaign on social. How is that translating and driving traffic on your site? Let's take a look at that. So it's really important to be well-versed in all areas. Um, I just use Google Analytics and Facebook as two examples of many. But to be well-versed in everything really allows you to be um, just, you know, understand marketing as a whole, and it's been beneficial for the clients I've worked with. So um, after that, you know, I just got more into the Google side of things as well and then started learning the buckets there. And then when I moved into this role, I, I really attend meetings and find out what clients need and, um, you know, our solutions and the outcomes. And that often leads into a path of many different digital solutions. There's never one size fits all. 
So that's a little bit of my story, my background, and where I see it and how the path goes, especially when I'm working with my clients. So something I actually just I did not know you worked with Mall of America. That's that's really really interesting. Um, how much did, content yeah. can you fit into a content calendar that just focuses on the roller coaster that's there? <laughs> Quite a bit, let me tell you. They actually have their own whole page, Nickelodeon Universe. They were it's their own um, page that we had to manage itself because there was that much content. That's that's amazing. And the nice thing is that within this role, you've had that experience of not just doing this in the consulting role, but you've done it for an organization. You've actually been out there with a lot in a similar role with a lot of other listeners that we have here today. Um, when you think of amazing organizations that are really have it, when you think of, man, these people are really on point, they really got it. Whom have you worked with that really comes to mind? Yeah, that's a great question. And I see a lot of different people in every market that I'm with. And when you ask a question like that, I think, uh, you know, I never think of how big or small a company is or a business because, um, you know, I really think about what they're doing and, and how that's impacted them. So one that comes to mind, for example, is Wheel Fund Rentals. It's a uh, bike and boat rental park. They're all around the country. They have individual franchises. And we did some work with them. And they came to us with, hey, we have done traditional advertising in the past, um, just kind of crossing our fingers, word of mouth. We've ran some newspaper ads, things like that. But, you know, we're just not getting the type of awareness that we need. People know who we are when they see us, but they don't know that our name is Wheel Fund Rentals. So it's really up to us to figure out how to just get that brand awareness. And that's such a general term, brand awareness, right? But that really was – like we just want that name recognition. So throughout the years now, I think they've been a client for four years. And starting from that in that initial meeting and finding that out, they've added so much of what we do and the layering and the holistic approach of social media management and display and radio and um, email marketing. I mean, they've really packed it full. And so that's a, an example of a client that really sticks out to me because they're finding success. They find now that people know online to type in Wheel Fun Rentals or they're, they're talking about Wheel Fun Rentals on social media. They're saying their name. There's that name recognition. And I, I truthfully don't think that that could happen if they didn't really beef it up with as many solutions. That made sense for them. Um, but there's, again, never just one, you know, one path. Um, I think it's really important that you you layer in what makes sense for you, and you could be a small small local business, or you could be a large national business. Uh, it's really just important that you're using the tactics that can really solve those solutions. So that's one that comes to mind um, because, like I said, they have in more than just one um, digital tactic that they're using, and it, it works. And I'm actually I just went on their website, and it looks like there's a lot of really cool content. Is this is it something where they've had an issue with, or because there's so much content, you're not necessarily sure of what to prioritize or what resonates with people? How did you work mm-hmm. through that overflow of stuff to find the right brand voice, um, communication strategy, things that you know are going to consistently work for the audience you're targeting? Yeah, that's a great question. So we really took it off in nice bite-sized chunks and we localized the content. So because they have markets, they have locations everywhere, um, we we worked with Twin Cities, Chicago, Milwaukee, and um, New Orleans. And so because of that, we really did have to 
become an extension of each of those cities and understand that the demographic was a little bit different in each. That's something our strategists really do is they fully immerse themselves in the brands and understand, you know, each one. So when we were doing New Orleans content, it was much different, um, even just what the pictures looked like that we were putting on and, um, you know, the types of targets we were hitting and compared to, let's just say, Chicago or the Twin Cities, so that upper Midwest. Um, So really localizing the content was a big priority. And because this is a franchise, we did work with just those particular locations um, to start with because that was the owner we were working with had owned those. But we still really had to adapt and um, understand who we were working with so that we had that right brand voice and we had the right content and photos and things like that. So it really, um, it's a time time thing and uh, a being strategic so we were never using the same photos for each location or the same video content even. I mean, in Chicago, we had used completely different videos because they had these big swan boats that they don't offer anywhere else. So understanding that too, um, I think authenticity is a, a huge topic of conversation right now in the digital world, especially social media, because of everything that's happened in the last year with Facebook. Um, so being authentic too and having somebody go on a website or online in general on social media and seeing that, yeah, that, that really is that specific rental that they offer there in Chicago, or yeah, that really is that type of tree that you'll see at that park in New Orleans. So authenticity is huge as well. And you mentioned something briefly that I think we had in part of the description of the, uh, today's episode was around Facebook and a lot of the changes that are happening around privacy concerns, regulations, not just for advertising, but just for organic content. How has that been evolving for the clients you've been working with? And if there's any recommendations or tips you know that someone should walk away from this uh, today with? Yeah. So there's been a lot of changes, like we've mentioned. Um, actually, just yesterday, the announcement came out that Facebook's changing yet again from an ad standpoint. So not, I know you asked about organic, but um, from an ad advertising standpoint, they're actually taking away some uh, targeting tools for housing, um, credit, and employment ads. So, um, you know, we just have to roll with the changes. You might come into work one day and it's like, Facebook, turn this feature off. It's like, all right, what are we going to do next? So, again, thinking strategically. Um, but from an organic standpoint, too, I think it's really crucial that uh, you're being truthfully organic. And that's what's going to set you apart, too. So, um, no longer are the days where you could just post seven times a week um, an industry-related article or just a, a photo. You know, you have to be uh, willing to have that variety. And if you're willing to have a variety and take the time to do that, you are going to see the benefits come. So you're going to see that reach more, and you're going to see people engaging with the content more. So you know, let's just say in a week's time, you might post a Facebook Live video, a still image, and an article. That's great, and Facebook recognizes that. They'll see that, and with the algorithm, um, you're going to want to have that variety. So um, things like that, just being strategic, not and, and not just posting to post. I think it's quality over quantity. I think people get so wrapped up in, oh, I have to post on my business page. And yes, you do. You have to post, but you also have to be smart about it. And if you're just posting to post, it's going to actually hurt you. So thinking about that for organic purposes and then obviously from a paid side being strategic and understanding that you know it's pretty necessary that you have that paid strategy in place. 
And you actually just answered one of the questions I was going to ask. It was that quality over quantity. Um, obviously, you know, when we're talking about authenticity, the amount of content that's out there, it's about making sure we're pushing the right thing at the right time. And we do as much as we can within the content calendar. Um, is there any sort of recommendation or things you've seen work well as far as planning things in advance versus balancing with things that happen in real time, like Facebook Live or things like Snapchat, um, things that are more uh, not viral content, but things that happen in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I suggest to everybody that you have some sort of content calendar in place where you can fill in those dates that you know something's happening. So, hey, you know this sale's coming up on the 14th of the month, and you know that this holiday lands on Monday. So let's for sure just plan in advance that we have those posts ready because we know. But then there's things that happen. All of a sudden, something goes viral, and we all want to hop on the bandwagon. And if you wait a day or two, that thing's over. But you want to be relevant, and relevancy is huge as well with social media. Um, so you just have to plan for that. And that's why, too, you know, leave some spaces open, a healthy number for posting. People ask, like, what's the time of day I need to post, and how many posts a week? Well, it really depends because that changes. But you can start to test and get a feel. So you know, three to five times a week is a, is a healthy number to look at. And then that way you have those gaps too in case something comes up. Um, you know, you, you really want to be on on top of things and, and ready. So building out even just a simple template. So maybe you know that Snapchat or Instagram stories are important and you have to post, but you might not have the bandwidth to always be coming up with new things. Have a Have a template ready. Have it designed and ready to go. And then you can just plug in different things. Maybe you're an auto dealer. Um, cool, we have a car of the week template ready to go, whether that's on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, and uh, we can just filter it in there. So, you know, make it efficient and easy as well, uh, but also having that quality um, content in mind. And something I'm seeing from a lot of people within the Q&A portion, and this is something we see from a lot of organizations, that they only have so many people on staff. And we met with even a dealership that was talking about how the general manager is posting stuff on Hootsuite and scheduling things out for the next day. And he's doing it all himself because he wants to own that brand voice and he wants to be able to make sure he's engaging with people. But obviously not everyone has that amount of time on their hands. Um, when yeah. we think about building out our staff or what we should prioritize, is do, do we need a full-time social media staff to actually get this kind of engagement? Or is there a balance with either working with partners or is it a matter of, yeah, I can do this in-house, I just have to do it um, with maybe balancing how much I'm actually doing social media because of how much I'm actually trying to get engagement on that versus display advertising versus email marketing? I would, I would recommend that you have somebody handling each area because you want it to be as quality as you can. So... If you can, um, you know, have one person dedicated to social media and have one person dedicated to your SEO. Um, that's kind of how we do it at 2060. I mean, we have a team that dedicates their time to SEO, and we have a team that dedicates their time to social media, and a team that dedicates their time to PPC and so forth, because then you really have a true expert in that field. I meet with clients all the time, and they're in charge of marketing, so they're in charge of a lot of different things. And that gets hard. Not everybody has the bandwidth. And if you want to be successful, you really should spend the time to do it, but it is time-consuming. So then it's just that question of you know, what's a priority and, and how do you want to handle that. But really, I mean, my, my ultimate recommendation is to um, 
try to have somebody in each area because there's so much to learn in each area. And if you want to do it well and you want to do it right, you know, it's it's important to dedicate that time. So, um, you know, there, there's things that you can do here and there. I mean, if you're if you're looking for that extra step and you're like, hey, I'm not really that well-versed in social media, you know, subscribe to things, read things, um, go to Facebook Blueprint, take some courses. If you want to get certified, you can. Um, things like that where you can just know then that you – you have that to leverage and you can be in the know of what's new, what's coming because it changes all the time. And that's also the benefit of having a person dedicated or hiring somebody, um, hiring 2060 because we, we have <laughs> little, little that. Plug there. I mean, I had to put the plug in like, come on. Um, so, but it's true. We have people dedicated to that. You know, that's what they live and breathe. So, you know, you're not missing out on, Hey, last night, you know, my Facebook rep, emailed me the new changes on the targeting thing. I may not have known that. And I have millions of people asking me today about, hey, I saw this article, but I got that access last night sent straight to my email. So I don't know. Um, you know, again, quality over quantity. Are you taking the time to really just have a quality plan, um, have a plan in place? I don't know what that might look like. Every company is a little bit different, but there's a lot. There, digital, there's a lot to learn, um, and it takes time. And to that point, let's say I'm a business and I'm trying to have the same level of success as some of the people you've talked about today. Where should I start? Obviously, it's about quality versus quantity, but is there some sort of tool or resource, things that you know right off the bat you're going to recommend someone implement before you even get started or things that will help them from day one? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. Like, what are your goals? You know, are your goals at the end of the day to get foot traffic? Are your goals to get calls? Are your goals to get clicks to the website? And you take a look at what, what the outcomes are and you want to work backwards. So um, how are you going to achieve that goal? How are you going to get people to click on your website? Well, do you have a website? Is it optimized? Is it look pretty? Like, are you ready to have people go there? Um, I have I've ran into, I was actually in the Seattle market last week and people they were like we want people to download this app it's really great it's this new thing they were posting about it on Facebook they were ready to go they were sending out email blasts and then you go to the app and the app wasn't ready like it wasn't launched yet so then why are you marketing the app and then people are going to go there and they, they fall off so let's start with what is the what is the main outcome what is your goal and then work backwards okay Let's optimize this app. Let's get it ready to go then. Now, how are we going to market it? Okay, well, we're going to do app downloads and app install ads on Facebook. And we're going to send out that email blast. So I think it's about working backwards sometimes too instead of thinking of all the tactics first. What is the strategy? What is the objective? Um, And then work backwards. So really, it looks different for everybody. A big thing though is make sure that website looks good. It looks clean. Obviously, there's a lot to the website. Do you have Google Analytics installed? Start looking at that. Um, an understanding where your traffic's coming from, just little things like that. Do you have a Facebook business page? Get that started. Um, Instagram business, Twitter, little things like that here and there. Just hearing the idea of promoting something that's not ready to actually be downloaded just makes me nervous even just hearing from it. Uh, <laughs> so we have a question from the audience. Um, we're already posting a lot to social media today, mainly on Facebook. Do we still need to put money towards paid social ads or boosting our existing posts? So I get that question a lot, and it's a great question, and I love I love that question. Um, so we've seen social media evolve over the years. We've seen it evolve overnight. Um, and the biggest 
evolution, in my opinion, is the paid strategy behind it. So um, my suggestion to you is that you absolutely have some sort of ad strategy, whether that's boosting or going in Facebook Ads Manager and start to have that. I don't care if it's $5. I don't care if it's $500. Because of Facebook's algorithm, you really need to have a paid strategy, whatever that might look like. And you can start small. You can start with $5 a day, $5 a you know, maybe it's a $50 lifetime budget for a week. But start and you'll start to see that. Um, it's really competitive. It's a competitive space, but it's one that you should be on because your audience is more likely than not on it. So, yes, you, you should implement a paid strategy um, in some sort and start exploring. You know, boosted posts are great, but also if you go on something called Ads Manager, you will have access if you have access to a business page you can start to see that there's a lot of objectives that fall under that umbrella. So again, going back to what we talked about, is your goal website traffic? Hey, let's run the website link click ad set. Or is your goal app installs? Hey, we have an ad for that. So Facebook actually does have a lot of great capabilities. They have the best targeting tools in my opinion. Um, of course, they own Instagram, so that translates over to Instagram as well. It's easy, it's literally a click of a button. Um, but yeah, you're gonna want that just to stay competitive. 100%. We had a lot of great questions from uh, the live webinar, and I wanted to follow up on one of the things that really stuck out to me. What channel should I be on? Should I stick with Facebook or Instagram, or which one should I do based upon who I'm trying to reach out to? Yeah, John, um, those are great questions, ones I hear a lot. And here's really my answer to that. So Facebook still is the number one contender. It's got the most daily active users, and it's got a lot of power. So I would definitely suggest that if you're not on Facebook, get that Facebook page created. And the benefit to that is that Facebook has that ownership of Instagram. So there's a lot of tools that you can unlock by just having Facebook. So start there. Now, Instagram, I did mention, it is highly visual. So if you have the type of time and resources and content to be posting photos and videos, then start thinking about Instagram, especially if your business relates to that. So if you're selling a product or, um, you know, you have that, that visual piece. So even people in the housing industry, so realtors and mortgage advisors, sometimes they don't necessarily think that they should be on Instagram, but sometimes if they have enough content to post beautiful homes all the time or things like that, then they absolutely can. So it's, it's a lot about um, do you have what it takes to really manage that Instagram page? Um, visual, just think visual. So and then Twitter is a big one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, you know, as far as Twitter and the other things, obviously those are things that people have different content with different priorities, but are those other pieces that we should be focusing on or does it depend on the audience? You know, it really does. It's a mixture of both. So it, it will depend on the audience. Um, you know, Instagram, for example, is starting to see an older audience come in. People are now going on that to see their kids' photos. Um, hey, I want to keep up my grandkids' photos, you know, uh, things like that. So everyone always assumes that Instagram is this young audience, but really you can reach a wide audience on there. Now, Twitter gets that, um, that is, oh, hey, it's Twitter, it's more male skewed, and that, that can be the case. It's about even, but, you know, a lot of people think it's more male skewed because it's a lot of news and sports talk, um, ha things happening live, real time. So think like award shows or breaking news. You know, you want to be on Twitter for that. 
So if you're going to be on Twitter, you know, have that presence. Be putting industry-related articles on there. Um, search for keywords, things like that. It's a great search tool, really, if you can use it properly. So it's not necessarily just about the audience. It's also about those goals, right? So you could be in the medical industry and, hey, maybe you're not necessarily, um, you know, there's not a lot of breaking news and hot topics on if you're a back surgeon, but you can search for great keywords and start getting information and look at competitors and, you know, just give nice informational content to put on there. So each channel serves a purpose. Um, and it, I guess it's identifying again, that goal of, of what is your purpose and what's your objective. So, you know, Twitter, like I said, um, events, real-time news information, Instagram, visual, um, video, photos, Facebook, kind of a mixture of all of those. And Facebook has those really great um, ad tools, same with Instagram. Twitter, you can put ads on. LinkedIn, obviously B2B. If you're working with, um, if you are a B2B client or that's your business, you know, think, what can I do there? There's LinkedIn ads that you can run, things like that. And those are just a few to name, but um, hopefully that gives a, a pretty good example of how they can all be used. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty comprehensive. And I was almost going to say, what about LinkedIn? But yeah, it's something that <laughs> some some people do, some people don't. And um, B two B, I think, is where we see most people going to LinkedIn, um, especially if they're trying to get people by certain uh, titles, descriptions. But LinkedIn advertising sometimes can be more expensive than others. So it depends upon Definitely. you know whether you need to use it to even get to the audience. One thing, totally. That, one thing that we had mentioned earlier was video and how video played a part in social media marketing. It, uh, video seems to be this big hurdle for a lot of people to try and get over just because you think of the production costs and everything that needs to go along with it, a videographer. Is that actually the case or can a mom and pop store or someone who's a one person social media team or even one person marketing team, is video still something that's viable for them? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of options to video that you don't need to have a super fancy dancing camera uh, to do it. So Facebook Live, for example, do for, right from your phone. Your cell phone can have really great videos. People want, again, we talked about it earlier, is authenticity. They want to see that real person behind the camera and know that that mom and pop store is truly that local couple, let's just say, who owns this business and what is their story and what are they doing every day. People love that kind of content. They want to scroll through their feed and feel like they're seeing a mixture of their friends and families and real people. So Facebook Live is a great opportunity for that. Um, you know, even if you're looking at the ad side, there's ads now on Facebook um, that they've created templates for. So you can put together still images and text overlay and kind of a slideshow type thing, but it's considered a video ad and you don't have to have an actual video to play it as a video. There's things like that. Um, even Instagram, we talked about stories, you know, that real feature, you're in person live um, or you, you know, have that photo and video and things like that um, that are on living for 24 hours. And maybe you save that as a highlight. So there's definitely ways. Video is huge. You know, play into it. Make sure you're a part of it because people respond really well to video and it doesn't matter what kind of video it is. Like I said, it can be shot on your cell phone. And before we end, I do want to uh, touch on one resource that people can maybe use today. If uh, obviously, if I'm trying to prove ROI with social media, which is a big thing that we have as questions in the chat box, how do I actually prove whether it's working or not? Is there something that I should be using on my website to help prove that ROI? Yeah, absolutely. So 
I did touch on Google Analytics early or earlier. Um, have that set up. You start tracking, um, whether that be UTM codes, whether that be, hey, we drove traffic from Facebook. But then how do you really know, you know, let's look at that audience more. Let's do a deeper dive. How can we retarget them on social media? And that's where that Facebook pixel comes into place. So if you're not familiar with the Facebook pixel, it's essentially a snippet of code available to you. If you have a Facebook business page, it's uh, you know, talk to a developer or whoever has access to the back end of the website. And if you go on Facebook Ads Manager and it's linked to whatever business page you're an admin of, you can find that code. Just literally hit pixel install code and it sends you a nice set of directions. And what that code will start doing is tracking information about the people who are on your website, coming there from social media. You could take a look at the audience, um, get some more information. But then you can also use that for, um, you know, measuring um, conversions and different things like that. You can create custom audiences with it. So take a look at who's visiting your website. Let's retarget them with some ads. Hey, let's make a lookalike audience based on that. So there's a lot of um, really dynamic features within the Facebook pixel, but it's very important that you have that. And that's the first thing I look at when I'm talking to a client is I pull up their website. I take a look, do they have a Facebook pixel installed? And if they don't, that's a conversation that I really want to have with them right away because they're missing out on a lot of opportunities if they don't have that installed. So that's a great question. And it's very easy. Like I said, it sounds complex, but it's available to you. Um, talk to a developer or somebody who, again, has backend access to your website and put that snippet of code on and start tracking. Fantastic. Thank you so much for all the great content, Jenna. And thanks again for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You can also subscribe to the Digital How To Podcast for your favorite podcast player to get a new episode delivered to you right when it's available. And don't forget to see the links to some of the resources that Gina shared today and learn more ways to grow your business online by visiting our page at 2060digital.com slash DC. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Digital How To.